Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week for yet another episode. Happy 2020. And for today's episode, we are going to talk about health trends. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to 2020. I hope you guys have all been doing amazing. If you are new around here, hi, I'm Candace. I'm your host of Life Beyond the Massage Table. On this podcast, we talk about a lot of different things, including, you know, business advice and ways that you can book more clients and things that you can do to attract the types of clients you'd like to attract and tools you can use in your business to make your life easier, all that kind of stuff. Um, For those of you who have been here for a while, you know what we're all about. You don't need the introduction. But uh, yeah, you know, Happy New Year. I know it's been a while. Like not only are we past uh, January, but we're actually also past like Chinese or uh, Lunar New Year. So we're really getting into it here. So I thought for the first episode of 2020, we would keep things a little light and talk about, you know, health trends or health and wellness things that we see as being interesting for 2020, you know. But yeah, today's episode actually launches a little mini series I'm planning to do, or I've actually got it all, you know, planned out for you. Um, It's on tips to start your year off on the right foot. That's what the sort of this mini series is about. And yeah, I know it's already February, like we just said, you know, we're already a month and a bit in. By the time I release this podcast episode, we're going to be about a month and a half in. But that's okay. You can do this kind of planning at any time of the year. It doesn't have to be, you know, right on January 1st. And there's always room, you know, to make improvements or changes in your business, right? Um, But today's episode is, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about changes or how it affects your business. But it's, it's meant to be just more funny and silly and conversational, you know, interesting things. If you are into tips and trends and Uh, you know, you're curious about new things you see on the market in terms of health trends, then this episode definitely is for you. So uh, yeah, let's dive in. So if you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know that I did an episode at the very end of 2018 about what trends I saw as being kind of up and coming for 2019 or important in 2019. So today, let's actually take a look of what what I said back in 2019 at like the very beginning, the end of 2018, and what happened with those trends. Yeah, you know, it's a little little fun, a little silly. So the first trend I said was going to be big in 2019 was the prevalence of functional medicine and health and wellness care. Um, Functional medicine is a I don't know if I can do the definition justice, given that, you know, I'm not a functional medicine practitioner, but it's it's a method of uh, looking at medicine in a much more holistic fashion. Um, but it's it's fairly specific because you might go, well, like Candace, a lot of us look at it in a holistic fashion. It's not just the functional medicine practitioners. True, but they have an actual definition of how they do things, right? Um, well, my prediction about functional medicine didn't really come true. In fact, I'd almost say I saw less prevalence of functional medicine practitioners. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. Maybe I saw less of it. Maybe some of you saw more of it. Um, But an interesting thing that I did see in terms of holistic or like other 
types of health and wellness careers is I saw an increase in the number of people advertising that they have like new credentials or new techniques or they have a new course you can take, all those types of things that were health and wellness based. It seems now more than ever we have like online courses or short weekend courses that teach someone a new methodology or technique and then they start taking clients for that right away. Now, to be clear here, I'm not talking about someone, say, like a massage therapist taking a postgraduate course like, you know, cranial sacral therapy and adding that into their massage therapy practice or a nurse furthering their education in the many different things that they can, you know, specialize in or focus on, you know, as a nurse, like, say, for example, like postpartum care, or you could focus on uh, elder care, different, you know, diabetes care, there's different types of things that nurses can do, right? Um, Or I'm not even talking about something like functional medicine, which I realized was the prediction that I was originally talking about, because functional medicine practitioners have to already be healthcare, health and wellness people to begin with, you can't, you can't tank functional medicine without some sort of background. I'm more talking about the people who have little to no health background taking a short course and then starting their career in health and wellness. And that just seems to be more and more common these days as more and more courses and like quote unquote certifications are out there. It's a really interesting trend and I honestly do not see that going away. So my prediction about functional medicine didn't really come true, but there certainly are more and more courses and credentials and like new types of treatments or protocols or, you know, ways of working with people out there more than ever. Now, as an aside, we could debate about whether these short course credentials are troublesome, you know, they're problematic, or we could, you know, whether they're not problematic, we could debate debate that too, certainly. We could say that they're good. We could say that they're not so good. But that's a topic for another day. And we're not going to talk about this on that on this podcast. So if that was your immediate thought when you heard me say that, don't worry, you know, I do have kind of mixed feelings about all those, you know, weekend course credential type things. There's some good and there's some bad. It kind of depends on how you how you work with it, how you advertise yourself, how honest you are. I have talked about that in past episodes, but, uh, you know, that's an aside. Let's move on to the next sort of prediction because that's really what we're talking about today. So another thing I predicted for 2019 was an increase in specializing within a profession. So, uh, you know, What we mean by that is focusing on a specific section of the population. So whether or not you can officially say that you're a specialist in something depends on, you know, what you actually do for a living, your regulatory body, that kind of stuff. Some of you have rules, some of you don't have rules, you can say whatever you want. But uh, what I mean by specialization, if you're not clear on that, is like, say, being a specialist with pregnancy or with children or with athletes or people with chronic conditions or whatever, you know, there's... That type of thing where you've got, you know, a focus type of client. Now, I'd have to say this prediction was pretty accurate, um, I'm, but I'm not surprised because it's the type of thing that I have my ear to the ground with all the time anyway, because I really do think that niching down and having a specific focus group is to everyone's benefit. And I really do see more and more people doing that. I, I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to like sell you services or something. I swear that that's not why I'm saying that. I'm saying that because I really do see more and more people doing that. Although, you know, I have to say that's not exactly rocket science. I mean, many, many people who work in marketing or uh, not in marketing, like every every type of business really are 
knows that or has heard that from somebody, even if you don't really know that, you've heard that from somebody that specializing is what you should be doing, right? Now, there still are a lot of people who say they see a really broad section of the population. That's completely true, especially in smaller towns. But in big cities, this is where the trend really kind of exploded, I feel like, last year. You're seeing a lot more places that are shifting focus to one specific niche or group, and they're not just trying to mass target everybody, try to get every single type of client in their door, because they're realizing in a city where there's a lot more competition, you may not like thinking of it as competition, but in the if you're being honest, if a client is looking for services, those other services who are similar to yours are your competition for that client, Right. And in a place where they've got a lot of choices, they have to be able to figure out who is the best choice, right? So that's why I think in cities, especially, you are seeing a lot more leaning towards being uh, specialized or focusing on specific groups, right? So, And I see that continuing into 2020 for sure. Now, the next thing I predicted in, in the beginning of 2019 was there going to be an increase in cannabis products and the use of them within, you know, health and wellness treatments or health and wellness careers. I have to say this was true, at least to some extent. It made it now obviously this depends where you are. In Canada, we have a legalization thing that has happened. So it is legal to use cannabis and cannabis products. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something with THC in it. THC is the part that quote unquote gets you high. It can be something like CBD oil. Those are also regulated by the way. If you didn't know that they're supposed to be um, there's a lot of people selling them without regulation. And that's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, But overall, in the US and in Canada, both, I am seeing way more market and way more talk about the use of CBD products, especially not so much THC. That's not really talked about as much. I think there's still a lot of taboo, even though it's legal now in Canada. But there's a lot of talk about CBD oil and products. um, Like for example, Let me give you a concrete example. I'm a runner and in the running community, people are talking a lot more about using CBD oil to help with their recovery and their injuries, like muscle soreness and, and, uh, you know, uh, pain and inflammation and that kind of thing. And absolutely, there are a lot more products on the market right now. And people are a lot more open about using them, you know, Um, especially, like I said, CBD, a little bit THC, especially the Canadians. You do see Canadians talk about it more. Um, But CBD, like influencers who like say five years ago never would have put like a CBD oil product up on their Instagram. Now I see that all the time. (laughs) So definitely this is a trend that I think is going to continue to develop over time. It was very interesting in 2019 to see how it developed. And I'm curious to see where it's going to go for this year. And the last trend or trending type thing per se that I talked about for 2019 last year, well, it was technically at the end of 2018, but you guys know what I'm saying, was mental health. And I predicted that mental health will become a bigger and more important sort of area or talked about thing in health and wellness careers. And I think this was true, but only partially. It wasn't as true as I was hoping it would be. Let's just say that. Um, Because we still have a very long way to go. There are still a lot of issues around misunderstanding mental health or having stigmas around it, or even health and wellness practitioners kind of like passing the buck or wanting to not even 
deal with those things like at all like even like if a client tells them you know I have depression they immediately go like uh, that's out of my scope I don't want to talk to you about it goodbye you know like they may not literally make that voice but like that kind of attitude comes up with a lot of practitioners and that's unfortunate you know I did a whole episode about that last year by the way if you want to listen to it I've got a link in the show notes for you or you can just load up the episode called working with mental health if you want to listen to that um, of course, as you all know, I am not a mental health uh, practitioner. I do not have any credentials in it. I can only speak to it in terms of having been a former massage therapist, having worked in healthcare, having been in some interesting situations with uh, mental health, both on a personal level and as a practitioner or as a practitioner's assistant. Um, but I, again, you know, I've got a whole episode on that. And I think it is an area we all need to be looking at more and really respecting more. Um, Because I think this is an area that health and wellness practitioners need to keep working on and educating themselves on and pushing the boundaries on. We need to work together to show people that mental health is health. It's not just this scary boogeyman thing that, you know, we don't want to talk about or it's not, oh, it's like, a weird part of health. Like, like, no, we need to stop having those stigmas, you know, and putting weird boundaries on them. Um, remember, just like many other illnesses and disorders like cancer, diabetes, IBS, etc., those can happen to anyone. So can mental health issues. So many of your clients may be dealing with mental health stuff or have a loved one who is, and you may not even know about it. So if health and wellness practitioners can start well, or continue, because some of you are definitely putting in the groundwork. And thank you, by the way, because I think this needs to be done. We need to break down those taboos. We need to be more honest about this stuff. But anyway, if health and wellness practitioners can show respectful, helpful behaviors with clients, instead of getting that scared reaction, it can go a long way to helping the general population. And also, it can help uh, you have a better relationship with your clients. Right. And help them get the care that they need, because that is ultimately the most important part. Right. Obviously, I'm not suggesting again, I have a whole episode on this. I'm not suggesting that you guys be the mental health providers. I'm just saying when a client comes to you and they say that they're having mental health challenges, there are things that you can do other than, you know, getting scared and like acting like they didn't even mention anything like do what's the weather like like. Because some people, that's basically their reaction, and that's not helpful. You know, get your help your client get the help that they need. Point them in the directions they need to go. That's that's all I'm saying. Let's move on from that. Because, like I said, I've got a whole episode about that. If you want to, you know, hear more about that, or you want to talk more about that. Actually, if you want to talk more about that, message me on Instagram. You know, send me a send me an email. All that kind of stuff. I'm more than happy to talk about that stuff with people. So that's it for my review of what I said about 2019. But what about 2020? What do I think are the big trends for this year? Well, we already touched on one. I do think cannabis products will continue to be a big trend. Something that's talked about a lot in 2020. I do think more products are going to come out. I do think more people are going to be using CBD. I do think more people are going to be talking about it and it's going to have less stigma because before CBD was kind of this weird thing and everybody assumed that it would get you high. Well, not everybody, but like a lot of people assumed that CBD was not 
like like oh like do you get high from that no you you don't I mean there might be trace amounts of THC in it but anyway I'm I'm going off on a tangent here we don't need to talk about that in deep detail but I do think CBD and I do think cannabis in general is going to be a growing topic in the future so I think it's something that you as health wellness and fitness practitioners need to keep your eye on and of course in terms of health and wellness trends or topics well it you know Today is February the 7th as I'm recording this podcast episode, and it would be remiss of me not to mention the coronavirus. However, um, as much as it, I know it is scary, and I really do hope that medical professionals are able to get it under control, and I do, my heart really hurts every time a news report comes out about what's happening in China and what's happening worldwide with it. Um, that's not really the topics, the kind of topics for this podcast, you know, it's meant to be more like interesting trends that you guys can think about for your business or just your life or just, you know, at a personal interest. But I just felt that I should at least mention that this is a thing. Otherwise, uh, you know, there's going to be some of you listening going like, why didn't she mention coronavirus? It's like the biggest health topic of 2020 so far. Nobody's talking about anything else pretty much. And it's true. It's totally true. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't want to talk about that to any heavy amount. So uh, let's let's talk about some other health and wellness topics. So actually, I found a couple of really interesting articles on the topic of sort of health wellness uh, trends for 2020 that I will link to you guys or I will link for you guys in the show notes. I think you'll find them really interesting. And in summary, one of the articles think is talking about sort of lymphatic health and how that's kind of the biggest health trend of 2020. Now, I don't know if I agree that that's like the biggest trend of 2020, but if you are a quote unquote body worker, like you work hands on with clients, whether you're a massage therapist, shiatsu therapist, any kind of hands on treatment and, you know, lymphatic is either something that you've been trained to do or something that you're aware of through your training, that kind of thing, definitely go read that article. You might find it kind of fascinating. Um, the other article, they had a whole list of things that they feel are the big sort of topics or trends for 2020, including CBD, no surprise there. And this is an American article, by the way, if I remember correctly, it's from Forbes. Um, but they also talk about plant-based products and eating, artificial intelligence and fitness and health apps and how that's changing the world, and even meditation. Now, let's talk about meditation for a second. Now, I've got a whole episode on that, if you're curious. Go back in the archives for meditation again. It's in the show notes for you. But for now, I will say that this 100,000% has been a trending health and wellness topic for a long time. And I think it's going to continue to be very prevalent for 2020. I'm actually surprised I didn't mention it in my 2019 trends. Um, not only are people trying out meditating like with groups and Buddhist temples and, you know, those kinds of things, or, you know, going to meditation specific yoga classes, but we've also got a lot of apps that have come on the scene over the last four, three to four years like uh, Muse and Calm and Headspace and my personal favorite, Insight Timer. So if you've never tried meditation, I definitely recommend it. It can really help you with the stress of day-to-day life and help you get clarity on things. And probably most important for you guys as health and wellness career people, it can help you shift and move out some of those burnout symptoms you often face in your careers because you are in a caregiving type position. You are in a caregiving career. 
And that puts you at higher risk for burnout and higher risk for like what they call caregiver fatigue, right? Meditation can help. I'm not saying it's going to, it's a cure-all by any means, but it can definitely help you with that kind of stuff. And also, if you've been thinking of adding teaching meditation to your current offerings as like as a new service or a new, you know, health service that you've got in your business, that might be a good idea. It's definitely something that people are very interested in and Googling and looking for places where they can meditate. In fact, uh, just on a personal level, I recently left the place where I had been meditating for years and I'm looking for a new group to sit with or a new you know, place to, to go and meditate. So, you know, and I'm not the only one out there doing that, definitely, because there's a lot more places to meditate than there used to be. Because so, people are, uh, you know, developing these things because there's de- demand for it, right? So, yeah, if that's something you were thinking of adding to your business for 2020, go for it. That's probably not a bad idea. Now, of course, I, I do want to put the caveat out there. Make sure you actually have some training and teaching meditation of some kind. Don't don't just, you know, go, oh, I meditated twice with, uh, with the uh, Calm app. I'm good. I'll, I'll start teaching it. Like, I, I think that's probably obvious to most of you or all of you listening. But just make sure you have some sort of credentials before you start teaching meditation to the masses, okay? And also... Uh, Side note, a lot of people who go into meditation are struggling with mental health stuff. Um, maybe you knew that, maybe you didn't. Um, so make sure that you've got some resources handy for those people. Again, it goes back to the whole having awareness and having respect for mental health being health and mental health being, you know, um, something that should not you shouldn't be afraid of, um, but people do need help with. So if somebody comes to you for meditation and through talking to them or working with them or whatever, you're finding that yeah, there's something more serious going on. Just make sure that you've got some resources to give them, you know, whether it's a referral to a psychotherapist or, you know, send them back to their family doctor, whatever, you know, whatever seems to be appropriate, depending on what's going on. Just a side note there, but I think that's actually really important for anybody who gets into teaching meditation, you know, in any kind, whether it's online or in person. Now let's go back to the article. I also agree that plant-based eating is a huge health trend that we should be watching for 2020. Now, those of you who follow me on social media might already know that I am vegan. So I have biases here. I'm going to be fully transparent on that. I am being honest with you. However, we can't ignore what we've been seeing in the media and on our shelves at the grocery store, right? Plant-based products are everywhere. Restaurants are adding them to menus. People are trying go vegan for 30 day challenges. And you know, more people are doing meatless Mondays or cutting back on their meat consumption in general. Milk sales have been down in a lot of places. So that is a tremendously huge movement. And it's something you should think about in your own health and wellness business. Now, you might be going, what do you mean, Candace? I don't have anything to do with nutrition. Like, I'm not I'm not going to become vegan. Like, what the heck's wrong with you? Why are you telling me this? That's not what actually what I'm saying. And I, I, I'm saying it like that because I know some of you might be going like, what do you mean? Like plant based? I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. Here's what I'm actually talking about. If you sell supplements of any kind, whether they're, uh, you know, in pill form, vitamin D, vitamin B12, like whatever, or you sell like, say, um, uh, energy drinks, or you sell protein powder, you know, anything like that. Do you have vegan friendly options or is everything you're already selling vegan friendly? If not, you might want to think about that. If you don't sell products, I recommend at a bare minimum looking about looking around your office for the products that you're already using. 
and seeing if they are vegan friendly, like the products you use on clients. So for example, if you're a massage therapist, is your massage lotion vegan friendly and cruelty free? For example, if you're just using like coconut oil, then yeah, it is. But if you're using like a pre-made product, look at that. You know, what's, is there something in it? Like is beeswax in it? For example, vegans don't use beeswax or um, is it, is it not cruelty free? Does it, you know, is it made by a company that does animal testing, right? Those are things to think about in, in your own practice because there's definitely a demand for that type of thing. So this will make your business more attractive to more people and it'll make your business a little sort of healthier and better for the environment while you're doing it. Now, assuming, of course, you don't have a lot of increase in plastic waste that happens. Like, say, for example, you were able to buy something in bulk before, but then you switch to a vegan friendly product, which you can't get in bulk and all of a sudden you've got extra plastic. That's a bit of a problem. And speaking of that, another trend, which isn't specific to health and wellness, but is totally related, is the zero waste trend. This was not mentioned in the article, but I think it is a trend that we all need to be looking at in our businesses and in our lives. I think it is really, really important in terms of sort of a health trend or, you know, a a wellness trend. And I want all of us, me included, to get on the lower waste train for 2020. If there is one thing you can take away from this whole podcast, other than maybe the mental health stuff, because I think that's really important too, is try to reduce your waste for 2020. I am not saying you have to go zero waste. That is like the gold standard. That is like the, I don't know, the Nobel Prize version. But we don't all have to get a Nobel Prize. We can just simply improve on what we're already doing, okay? because it's important for the health of our planet and our own health and the health of our clients too. It's important for all those aspects. And trust me, your clients will be, maybe not all of them, but many of your clients will be very appreciative if you do go lower waste. So what ways can you reduce waste in your office or clinic or studio or wherever you work? And I know some of you don't have as much control over it because you rent a room from somebody else and they do most of the decisions on these things. However, On the things that you can control, or if you fully control your business, if you're a 100% business owner, you have full 100% control over everything. You make all the decisions. There are a lot of things actually you can do. Can you buy more things in bulk? For example, we already hinted at the bulk thing a second ago when I was talking about plant-based eating and, you know, sort of veganism and cruelty-free products, right? But can you buy more things in bulk so that you're reducing the amount of plastic and non-reusable containers that are going into the environment? And can you find another way to, for example, dispense your oil if you've been using like a single use method? Like I know of people who for sanitation reasons, like sanitary reasons, um, dispense a bit of oil into a Dixie cup for each treatment. And then that way uh, they're not like dipping their dirty hands that have already been touching the client. This is obviously for a massage therapist or somebody who works with oil on a client, right? Um, so that they're not dipping their hands back into the oil, they're dispensing it into a little Dixie cup and then they throw the Dixie cup out after the treatment. That's great for sanitary reasons, but that is really not great for the environment. So can you find another way to do that that doesn't involve? Can you have not reusable containers like glass jars, for example, that you have to clean at the end of the day? I know it's more cleaning, but at least then you're not wasting And another example is, can you pack your lunch uh, for work in a reusable container? That's just a small thing to do, but it's not that hard, really. And it doesn't have to be something you purchase. It could be like an old like margarine container. I mean, it depends, obviously, what you're bringing to work. But it could be 
like a reused uh, package that you had like salad in. It could be it could be all kinds of things. It could be a container that you got takeout in once and you save the container. Well, reuse the container and put your sandwich in it. You know, it doesn't have to be anything hard or expensive. It can be easy, right? Can you make sure that you always have reusable bags with you at all times? That's a really easy thing for us to do. I think that's the thing that most people do in this day and age. But if you haven't, can you maybe try to start doing that? Because that'll help you reduce the number of plastic bags that you end up with, right? Can you do more things online and print less stuff? For example, do you really and truly need business cards? Now, as an aside, I know in health and wellness, a lot of people do feel like they need business cards. Every time I go to appointments, I see business cards sitting on the desk. And I used to be the type to use those business cards. Um, when I was a massage therapist, I was certainly was filling out the business cards fairly frequently to put people's appointments on the back, um, especially with older clients. However, this day and age, with the prevalence of online booking, or if you don't have online booking, at least online reminders, like for example, my dentist's office does not have online booking, but they do email and text message reminders, which are through an automated system. So, and I know of like chiropractic offices who have the same, like uh, I think the PMP program we have here in Ontario, a patient management program, I think that's what PMP stands for, something like that, through the Ontario Chiropractic Association. And actually it may not even exist anymore, but back even like three or four years ago, um, when I knew offices that were using that, they weren't using the online booking component, but they were using the reminders component to send out email reminders and to send out, uh, you know, uh, information about their appointments as well, like bef like not the reminder, but when it was booked. So ask yourself, do you actually have to have business cards? Or if you do, can you print way less of them? Because you don't necessarily, and can flyers. Do you actually have to have flyers to give out to people and to put, you know, in like cafes or whatever? I know for some people that's like bread and butter how you get clients. I'm not saying stop it if it helps you get clients. But if it's not actually helping you and there are ways that you can do things online, email, website, online advertising, using Yelp, using Google, uh, you know, uh, Google ads, all those types of things. Can you stop printing so much stuff or can you print way less of it? Because I think not only will that save you some money, but it'll save some paper too, right? Now, I'm not by no means saying we all have to be perfect. Like, gosh, no, you should see the amount of recycling we've had at my house this week because I've been doing a bunch, you know, the last few weeks I've been doing a bunch of sort of redecorating. We put up new blinds. I put some new planters in, like in inside that is because it's snowing outside, certainly not outside. Um, but yeah, like that unfortunately generates waste because things come in boxes, right? So I've got all of this pile of recycling I have to deal with now. Um, so I'm by no means perfect, and I'm sure none of you are too, and it is fine. I am not saying you have to be perfect. But if we can all take little steps to reduce our waste and reuse more things and buy in bulk and try and repair things instead of throwing them away and buying new ones, it can go a huge way to helping everyone's health and wellness and helping the planet a lot too. So there you have it. it this episode actually ended up longer than I expected. That's kind of funny. Um, these are the trends that I think are big for 2020, you know, a bit of a lighthearted episode, some heavier moments, but yeah, I, I hope you guys found this interesting. In summary, the trends that I think are going to be big for 2020 is more interest in CBD or, you know, cannabis in general, more talk about it, more products. I think we're going to have more focus and more interest in meditation. 
Um, I think there's going to be a focus on eating plants and plant-based things and vegan products and cruelty-free products. And I think there is going to be more focus on reducing waste, trying to become more towards zero waste, trying to make your business more sustainable. So what health and wellness trends do you guys think are really important for 2020? I would love to hear from you. I'm really curious. You know, I asked on Instagram and, you know, I got like one reply. But seriously, like I'm very, very interested to hear what other people think are, you know, sort of trending or interesting uh, health trends for 2020. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Happy Little Biz on either of those. You'll find me. Or you can email me as always at Candice at HappyLittleBiz.com. I love hearing from you guys. That's it for this episode. I'll be back in a week or so with another episode. We've got a couple more of them on this sort of like uh, planning and tips to start your year off on the right foot type of topic. Um, one of them is going to be on choosing your word of the year. We've talked about that before, but I'm going to talk about it again with some, you know, some new ideas. And the other uh, is going to be on business trends or new uh, things in business that you may not have been aware of since a lot of you in health and wellness aren't really following business trends. And I can't say I blame you because it's not something that may seem that important to you, but it might be, you know, I'll just talk about things that I think are important for you to know as business owners, as entrepreneurs, if you think of yourself as an entrepreneur. So uh, yeah, I've got those episodes coming up for you. Stay tuned and uh, I hope you have a great week and here's to an awesome 2020 for all of us. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.